The devil didn't triumph over me. I might have got knocked down, but I didn't get knocked out. I was persecuted, but not destroyed. Somebody ought to give him praise. Hallelujah. I may have had to get on my knees, but devil, my knees are my fighting position. My knees is my strongest position. Somebody shout yes. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. I have about six people on the way to your seat. Tell them I've got a victory. Any victorious people in the building tonight? Glory to the name of Jesus. You can be seated. Welcome to Sunday night live at the Rock Church. My, 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 what an awesome, awesome presence of the Lord is here tonight. Let me say welcome to all of our guests that are in the building again tonight. Would you help me put your hands together, church, one more good time and give a great applause for all of our... We could do a little bit better than that. Help me make some noise tonight. So grateful to have all of our guests here. So excited to see you in the house of the Lord. It's good to have Sister Mandy Jones' family with us again tonight from out of state. Love to see these folks' face when they come to visit. So wonderful to have them in the house of the Lord tonight. And uh, how many of you were here this morning and just blessed by what God did in this house today? I mean, God just showed up and showed out in this house. Brother Trevor Sloss preached an incredible message, delivered the word of the Lord to this house. And when he got done preaching... And God got finished moving. We baptized Jamal in Jesus' name. He received the Holy Ghost coming out of the water. Then we baptized Lisa in Jesus' name. She came out of the water speaking in tongues as God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And I think we've got four more scheduled to be baptized tonight. Hey, how many of you grateful for revival? Somebody ought to just give God a praise for that tonight. Somebody ought to just shout over that tonight. Glory, Jesus. Woo. God has been doing amazing things. I think that'll be maybe nine or ten folks baptized in Jesus' name this week, filled with the Holy Ghost. Ain't no stopping us now. Amen. And uh, thankful for what the Lord is doing. It is so wonderful to have brother and sister Pope in the house of the Lord with us tonight. These are very, very precious people and uh, very dear to this church. For those of you who might be new here and uh, don't know who they are, uh, brother and sister Pope are, uh, well, they're a lot of things. Snowbirds is one of them, and, uh, but they are apostolic snowbirds. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that makes them doves or what it is, but uh, we are so grateful for them, and uh, they have a second home here in Fort Myers, literally, and uh, we are always so blessed when they come to Fort Myers to spend time here. And God has used this amazing couple uh, literally around the world. And they serve in several capacities at their home church in Mattoon, Illinois. And I know they are a tremendous, tremendous blessing there. But they travel all around the world. God uses them in a powerful way. And we are blessed to call them part of this house and I want him to just come and greet this congregation tonight. Brother and Sister Pope, we love you. We appreciate you. So good to see you tonight. 
Thank you, Pastor, and praise the Lord, church. So good to be back, so good to see you all. And this is the place where it's happening in Fort Myers. The Rock Church is where it's happening. But that just merely means we've got a job to be done. There's a lot of people walking up and down the streets of Fort Myers that have a lot of needs, and we've got to take a message to them, help them find their way. And wasn't that message this morning fantastic and timely, very timely for anyone in the house that had a need? It was very clearly presented and brought forth in the message that that need could be met because the master was in the house. And was he ever in the house this morning? He was here. Praise the Lord. And with this virus that is with us out there, it just gives the church the opportunity for its finest hour. It's our time, and you're experiencing that here with the revival that is taking place. New souls coming to meet the Lord. That is so fantastic. And in the last few weeks, under somewhat of uh, confinement, if you will, there in Illinois, our, uh, our governor was a little different there than you all have here in Florida, and uh, he was trying to hog tie us and uh, put handcuffs on us and whatever, but he didn't get the job done. Uh, we finally was able to get the church declared as essential, and it is essential. Yes. Praise the Lord. But as I have been able to move around and talk to people and witness to them and try to help them with their needs, the thing that I wanted to point out, and I would say again here tonight, read 2 Timothy chapter 3 with the Apostle Paul writing to and speaking to Timothy. And that chapter begins, 2 Timothy chapter 3, in the last days, perilous times shall come. And then it goes ahead to delineate or to show us what those perilous times look like. And if you'll take your time and read that chapter, you'll be able to see the very things that surround us in the environment today. We are living in last days. There's no question about it. But we don't have to take the negative side when we read that chapter and see the peril that's taking place. We can go to Psalms chapter 91, and it makes it very clear who we're serving and what it means to serve him and what he's going to do for you and I. And we can hide under the wings of our Savior. Thank you so much. So good to be back in the house tonight. Oh, let's thank the Lord for Brother and Sister Pope tonight. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me all over this house as we prepare for the word of the Lord tonight? I don't know about you, but I have come in expectation for what God is going to do in this place. Amen. And just as it was this morning, uh, such a powerful anointing upon one of our very own. Tonight, Pastor Naeem Hammond is about to come to this desk. I love and appreciate this great young man uh, whom I have had the absolute privilege of watching his uh, born-again life from its very inception. And when he came to this church, it seems like just a very short time ago, he had a ponytail back down to the middle of his back. His pants were hanging off his um, waist. And Jesus grabbed a hold of his heart and spoke into his life and gave him purpose and direction. And I have watched God transform him and uh, he has become a a great soul winner, 
a powerful leader. God blessed him with a beautiful wife and family. And uh, there's nothing like watching God's handiwork. Amen. And he is doing an amazing job leading our Kids Zone Department, our children's ministry. How many of you thank God for everything the Lord is doing with our children's ministry? They are busting at the seams. The classrooms are overflowing. The vans are overflowing. There are children every single week receiving the Holy Ghost, being baptized in Jesus' name. How many of you thank God for that tonight? Would you put your hands together one more time and give God a great praise as he comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us tonight? Come on, Pastor Hammond, we love you. Come on, somebody, lift our voice right now. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody. He washed you. He sanctified you. He saved you. Let's lift our voice to him right now. Lord, we thank you for your love, God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We serve a great God, amen. Thank you. You guys can be seated for now. Amen. You know, I'm just, um, <laughs> I thought one day maybe, Bishop, that it would just get easier and easier, you know, every time you call us to preach. But man, man, oh man, I just want to convey what God has given to me to the rest of you all accurately. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm so thankful for Bishop and First Lady. I'm so thankful for how you pour your love into us. Amen. I'm so thankful for this leadership. I'm so thankful for Brother Steve. Steve Lundy in the house. I'm thankful for Brother Steve. You know, he took John and I, or Pastor Sparlaza and I, under his wing and you know, if it wasn't for his love and, and his prayers, I don't know where we would be, amen? I'm telling you somebody, y'all got to be a Bible study teacher, all right? You got you to gotta get out there and help clean these souls. There's hungry people out there. They want to know what they need to do to live for God, amen? Hallelujah. You know, Bishop, it's, uh, it's been five years since I've been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost next Sunday. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So much has been done in these last five years. I'm so thankful for my beautiful wife. I'm so thankful for my funny son and my beautiful daughter, Eleanor. I'm so thankful for this family, this loving family. My wife, she's always there. Whenever the enemy wants to think that he can talk to me in some type of way, she's always there praying. She's always there lifting me up just as a good wife should. Amen. I thank you, Jillian. I love you. You know, um, we are really busy when it comes to Kids Zone, and I love working for the Lord. Amen. I absolutely love it. I had a long week at work because this month is VBS, and I'm taking off for VBS, so I have to work really hard at work, pick up extra stops, and um, worked really hard last week. And Friday night, we had a I don't even know how many kids, 60-something kids at Kid Zone on Friday night. And, you know, uh, we bust the kids in, had to do two trips to take them to the church. And, you know, I might have only took one trip to bring them back home. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then I realized that I worked, I have to work on Saturday. I forgot. And I worked Saturday, and you know what? God used that Saturday mightily. There's a woman out there in Sanibel that, you know, in Jesus' name is going to bring her kids to VBS. She is only here for a month, and God orchestrated for me to be there that way. Does anybody else have testimonies like that where you think or you don't want to go somewhere, but God has another plan for you? God has a soul in his grasp that he wants you to reach, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
So Saturday was busy and, you know, went on outreach, did an amazing job at outreach. Brother Leo is an amazing outreach director, amen. Y'all ought to come out to Saturday night. Y'all ought to come out to Thursday night. We are reaching the lost souls, amen. Praise God. Getting some things done for VBS and I get home and I'm like, you know what, Brother Trevor, I'm going to, I'm going to call it early tonight, you know, it's good. And I get a text message from Bishop and say, hey, I'm going to need you to preach Sunday night. <laughs> but I know that God has a word, amen. God has a word for somebody in this house. If we could all stand right now. We're going to turn to the book of Genesis. The book of beginnings. We're in Genesis chapter 3. Beginning at verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said? You see, the enemy, he always wants to question the word of God. The enemy, he always wants to question what we are doing in this truth. He said, Yea, hath God said? Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And then, you know, he exaggerates it. Every tree. <laughs> And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. You see, the world and his enemy loves to think that they know more than our God. Amen. But our God, he is the author of this faith. He's the author and he is the finisher. Amen. He said, ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Skipping down to verse 22. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life. Somebody say, tree of life. Lest he also take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So, so he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Somebody say, keep the way of the tree of life. John 14 and 16. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And the very last few scriptures is Revelation 22 and 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. This is Jesus speaking. To give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life. And may enter in through the gates into the city. With the help of the Holy Ghost, I like to I like to preach tonight. No, this way. We go all put our Bibles down. Let's lift our voice to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Come on, somebody, lift our voice right now. We want the Spirit of God to move in this house. If we don't have the Spirit of God, we're just wasting our time. Somebody lift your voice right now. Somebody declare the works of the Lord tonight. Somebody make sure that your heart is right before the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, Lord, we want, right, we want a right heart before you, Jesus. Lord, we want your word to fall on good soil, God. Let your perfect will occur tonight. Somebody say in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.
What is sin? Does anybody know what sin is? Raise a hand. Just a few people, praise God. <laughs> what happens when we sin? Does anybody else know? <laughs> you surely die. That's the word of God. Sin is missing the mark. All unrighteousness is sin. If God tells you to do something and you don't want to do it, that's sin. Some people in the Bible even classify sin in a couple different ways. One of the ways is inward sin or iniquity. Inward sins such as bitterness or hatred or pride. You might be bitter with somebody and in your heart you're just, you want to act revenge against them but you can't do it. And it's like poisoning your own soul. It's inward sin. Hatred. Hatred is another type of inward sin where, you know, we just spend our time with having somebody else on our mind and explaining to ourselves how mad we are at that individual. While that other individual doesn't even pay you no mind. That's inward sin. Pride. Pride is something where you lift yourself up. You lift your mind up and you say, you know what? Ha, I'm the best thing out there. I am better than everything else. Matter of fact, Lucifer fell because of pride. He thought that he could be like the most high. Pride is inward sin. The thing with inward sin is, or iniquity if you will, if it continues, it will become outward sin or transgression. The Bible says that whatsoever man thinketh, so is he. Or we can say whatsoever man thinketh, so will he be. That is the person he will be. If you have bitterness in your heart, you will act revenge on somebody. Come on, somebody. I said if you have bitterness in your heart, you will act revenge against somebody. But the Bible says vengeance is mine, not fine. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Can I get an amen in this house? Hallelujah, church. Transgression is outward sin, such as sowing discord. You know, when you go up to your brother and sister and you talk about somebody else, but in the name of you need to pray for them and we need to pray for them, that's sowing discord. You see, you got to cover your brother and sister. We don't need to be having discord in the church. Brother Leo talked about it tonight. If you were paying attention, you see, the, the fishermen they brought, they, they cast their nets on the other side or on the right side of the ship and they caught such a multitude of fish and the net break, it broke. Now if there was discourse on among them, they would have lost all the fish. Their nets were broken. They needed their brothers and sisters. They needed people that they could rely on. And you are going to need somebody that you need to rely on. But yet you are talking against your brother and sister. And my brethren, these things ought not to be. I said outward sin, which is transgression, such as discord, shall not be in God's church. Can I get an amen? My God, a lying tongue. That's outward sin. You are lying to individuals. You see, lying can hurt people. And the number one thing, it hurts yourself. Because eventually you start to believe the lies. Eventually you have to cover yourself to make sure you're speaking the same lie to this person and that person and the next person. So that nobody finds you out. My God. Romans 6 and 23 says the wages of sin is death. We don't want to be sinning, church, amen? But we're living in a society that is filled with sin. The Bible says, Brother Pope, that the end times, it describes it in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And you know what? Let's just get that out there. Because you know what? Some of, some of us might not go read this chapter after the man of God asked us to. So let's read it right now. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. You see, men, they shall lift themselves up. They are idols. They don't need to worry about God. Ha, I'm God. I don't need to worry about anything. They're sinning. It says that they should be covetous. They, they, they should be boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Are there any parents in the house right now? 
unthankful, unholy, without natural effects, and truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent fears, despisers of those that are good. We have a world out there that hate the apostolic church. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody in this house tonight? Is this mic working? I said there are people out there that hate the apostolic church. This world is filled with sin. The iniquity is so great in this place, it kind of reminds me of the days of Noah. The Bible talks about the days of Noah, and it says that the thoughts of men were evil continually. The iniquity was was waxed so strong that it had to come forth in transgressions. There were things that were going on in the days of Noah that was ungodly. I think so much so that the Bible doesn't even really talk about it. But... The Bible also alludes to this end time to be like the days of Noah. Although that scripture is talking about that people are just busy, people are just worrying about themselves, they're giving to marriage and, and doing this and doing that, and then suddenly the flood came. But you see, there was a preacher of righteousness during that time. He preached to, to the world. His children was entangled with the word of God. His children was entangled with building the ark. They were preaching. Noah was known as a preacher of righteousness. So when Jesus Christ comes back, the world really does not have an excuse because there's an apostolic church out there. We're in the highways. We're in the byways. We are reaching them. We're posting on social media. We are sharing on, Insta- on Instagram. We're on YouTube live, Facebook live, wherever you go, there is truth out there. Salvation has appeared unto all men. Can I get an amen in this church? We're dealing with times where people are hating each other. Republicans hating Democrats, Democrats hating Republicans, those that are into politics hating those that are ignorant of politics and maybe vice versa. Black lives matter, no blue lives matter. Matter of fact, all lives matter. You see, some of these people, they might have a good uh, meaning to their cause. They might want to bring awareness to whatever they're going through. But a lot of the people in these groups are spewing hatred one toward another. They're div- they are divided. And the Bible says that a kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. It can't stand. So church, all of those things, that should not be in the house of God. I'm telling you, politics does not need to be in the house of God. Yes, maybe you need to do your part and vote for who you need to vote vote for, but you need to worry about lost souls out there. What if the individual that you're trying to win, that you're teaching a Bible study to, has different political views than what you have, and you're out there on Facebook, on Instagram, sharing all of those things, then when they start following you, you're teaching that Bible study, and they realize, oh, that's how they think. Come on, somebody, we got to be wise. The Bible said be as wise as serpents but harmless as doves. You see, the enemy, he's wise how he speaks to people. He's subtle. He goes and he tries to twist things around. We ought to do that, but in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, we ought to bring those people that are lost out there and convey them and compel them to come to the house of God. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about when you meet somebody and you tell them, hey, come to the Rock Church, come Sunday morning. And you know what? You could be my VIP guest. I'll bring you to the back with the bishop. I'll show you some things and maybe you can get a gift. I'm talking about compelling them to come to the house of God. In Genesis chapter 3, we all know this account. It's probably preached a billion times. The account of Adam and Eve is, if you look at it, it's actually a sped up process of what the devil wants to do to you and me. It's a sped up process. You see, it happens quick. All right? It's not how it is today with you and I. The enemy will plant seeds with us and he has to wait for it to grow. But in the, in, in, the book of, um, in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, it wasn't so really. I mean, as soon as he planted, it's like the thing just sprouted up. Fruit just came right away. It's a sped up process. We got to look at this, okay? The serpent was more subtle, the Bible says. He questioned the word of God. You see, the enemy today, he'll question the word of God in your life, but you're not instantly going to get kicked out of the church, or I mean the garden. 
But in the account of Adam and Eve, that was the case. He plants seeds of doubt in Eve's mind, and he gets her to sin in her mind. She saw that it was good. She saw that it was tasty. Hmm, it can make me wise. And instantly, that iniquity became transgression. She sinned and caused her husband to sin also. Now, ladies, I'm not saying, you know, you guys are the problem because, you know what, where was Adam at that time? How many people was he chilling with? At that? There was nobody else out there. <laughs> you know, I wish, I wish the whole church could come to BBS because we have this amazing skit. But, <laughs> but Eve, you know, she's, she's being tempt, tempted in. And in my mind's eye, I see, you know, Adam just out there, you know, next to like a, a horse or something. Just like, <laughs> yo, She's about to eat of the fruit, man. That's crazy. I, t- I told her not to go over there. <laughs> hmm. I wonder, I wonder if she'll die if she eats that. I mean, <laughs> I got more ribs, you know. I can <laughs> My, my, my. Adam, you done messed up. That's another sermon. You're supposed to protect your wife. You're supposed to be there and watching over her to make sure that she's not going down the wrong path. Amen? She's not supposed to be leading the household. You're supposed to be leading the household. Amen? But like I said, that's another sermon. This is a, this is a sped up process. The enemy would love to get us all twisted up in the word of God and cause us to backslide. And that's what happened, if you think about it. They sinned. They got kicked out of the garden or the church. And I believe a lot of the times, not every time, but a lot of the times what happened is the sin consumes us so much, we have to leave. We have to leave the presence of God. We, we can't even stay in the church because the sin has consumed us so much, and, and that's what happens, and that's what happened. When you get to this point sometimes living for God, sometimes we get to a point where, you know what, we, we've been reading, we've been praying, we've been fasting, and then for some reason we lose that desire. The Bible says not to grow weary in well-doing, meaning that, it, that you will grow weary maybe because he says not to do it. Don't grow weary in well-doing, the Bible says. So eventually a lot of us, we get to the point where, you know, we just, we just don't want to read as much anymore. Maybe the prayer room, we're not going into the prayer room as often. Come on, somebody. Fasting, <laughs> what is that? When you get to this point, the enemy is quick to continue to get you down on your stinking thinking. He wants you to continue to get you upset with yourself that you're not moving correctly. You're not a child of God. You're not doing what you ought to do. He wants to come and pollute your mind. He wants to use the word of God to condemn you. But Jesus did not come to condemn us. He came to save us. He came to wash us. He came to cleanse us. The issue is, whenever you stop reading, whenever you stop praying, whenever you stop fasting, you make it so that you can have occasions to stumble. When you stop renewing yourself in the Holy Ghost, you are going to inevitably sin. You're walking in darkness without light. You're going to fall. The Holy Ghost... Without the Holy Ghost, you will stumble and fall. 1 John 2 and 10 says, He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. Now I understand the scriptures talk about loving your brother, and you abide in the light, therefore you're not going to fall. But the same is going to happen too, because if you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you aren't reading, if you aren't praying, you also don't have the light, and you're also going to fall. And when you fall, the enemy is going to come quickly, like I said, and make you doubt the word of God and the grace of God in your life. You will start to remember things that you've read before in the Old Testament that, you know, God is just such a 
a mean God. I mean, he kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden. Why would he do that if he's such a loving God? You will start to remember the judgments of God in the days of Noah, where he flooded the whole earth, but only eight souls were saved. You won't look at the fact that, you know what, he could have wiped those eight souls also, but you stay, you stay looking at the facts that so many people died. Then you'll get to the point where you start, start remembering a scripture where it says, Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. And all you would think about is, man, God hated Esau. Why did he hate Esau? The enemy loves to distort our understanding of the word of God. But the devil is a liar, church. I said the devil is a liar. When the devil tries to do this, you need to look to Jesus. You need to get into your word of God. You need to get, come to the prayer room. You need to make it to church. None of this business about being afraid of the coronavirus. Come to the church. Come into these balconies. Come and worship your God. You need to come and be accountable to the word of God. Amen? The devil is a liar. We need to look to Jesus because he is the image of the invisible God. You will know God if you see Jesus. Maybe if you don't understand the things in the Old Testament, read your Bible. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You will see the grace of God. You will see the mercy of God. You will see everything he did just so that your soul could be saved. Amen? We understand that our warfare isn't carnal. And that we need to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. We can't let our minds, we can't let the enemy just play with our minds. We need to guard our minds, church. We need to make sure that he's not speaking to us. If you're not casting out these thoughts and this thinking, thinking, the devil is going to come against you. And you know what? He might prevail. You will start to say something to yourself like, God, he, he will start to say stuff to you and you're just repeating it in your own self. Just saying like, you know, God doesn't love me. Grace and mercy, that's not for you. That's for them. But you, you messed up. God's not going to give you grace and mercy. Think about it. They love to read. When's the last time you read? Oh my God, I'm telling somebody. I'm going to need a chair right now. I need, I need someone to bring me a chair. I also need a volunteer. No, no, it's okay. Come here, Josh. Quickly, come on. Take a seat. You see, when you stop reading... And praying and fasting, the enemy is going to talk to you. Grace? Josh, you can't have grace. Everybody else in the youth group, they read. I mean, where are you on the book of Proverbs? We're all reading it together, but Josh, where have you been? God's not going to give you grace. He's not going to give you mercy. I mean, there was a time where you came to these altars, Josh. There was a time where you was, you was, you was praying and, and God filled you with the Holy Ghost, but now? <laughs> Come on, Josh, you messed up, man. But you see, you see, Josh loves God. And Josh wants to read. Josh wants to pray. Josh wants to fast. Josh wants to do the things of God. Josh wants to be everything God wants him to be. But the enemy knows that. For the enemy knows he can't do anything but speak to his mind. That's why, Josh, you have to guard your mind, son. You have to guard your mind. You can't listen to these thoughts. You can't let them go around in your mind every day and every night condemning yourself because God has not condemned you. Has anybody else, has anybody else dealt with that in this house? So you know what? You come to church, you, you get to that altar call. God is having you just give everything to him. You feel the power of God. You on the high of your highs. You love God so much. I'm going to read. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do everything. Oh, I love Jesus. And the enemy is there. It's like, you know, 
while you're in the altar, he's saying things like, this is only going to last a couple days. <laughs> I mean, you're only going to read maybe a couple chapters tomorrow, maybe a few the next day. You're going to be too tired to wake up because you know what? I'm going to be in your dreams all night so you won't be able to wake up and pray. <laughs> Come on, Josh. You're lukewarm. God doesn't want that. I mean, the scripture says that he would rather you hot or cold. You've tried being hot. You've tried being hot. But, I mean, you seem like you can't stay hot. You don't want to be lukewarm, God, Josh. You know that, right? I mean, if you're lukewarm, God's going to spit you out. That's the scripture. He's going to spit you out, Josh. You've tried to be hot, but you can't do it. So you know what? Why don't we try being cold? I mean, he can use you if you're cold, Josh. I mean, you don't have to worry about praying and reading all the time. Let's just get cold. Let's just, let's just step away from God's presence. You know what? You don't have to sit in the front of the church anymore. Just go in the back. Nobody is worrying about that. Come on, let's just let's get closer out of the house of God so that God can use you, Josh. I mean, you want to go to heaven, right? God's going to spew you out if you're lukewarm. You want to go to heaven, Josh. We can't listen to those thoughts, church. I said we cannot listen to those thoughts. I'm telling you, the enemy is disgusting. He's ugly. He's nasty. Don't listen to that mess. I'm telling you, if you're dealing with those thoughts, you need to come talk to Bishop. You need to come talk to other men of God that's in this church. You need to read. You need to pray. You, come on, somebody. You got to open up SoundCloud and listen to the sermons. You got to pray some gospel music whenever you're feeling down. You got to do something. But don't let those thoughts come in your mind. I'm telling you, not that way, Josh. Don't go listen to that. Don't go follow that mess. Don't go listen to the enemy when he's twisting the word of God. But Josh, I mean, look at the prodigal son. You see, he... He was able to go and do whatever he wanted. Yes, maybe, maybe his life ended up getting bad, but it was good for a season. And guess what, Josh? When you get to your low, because obviously you're not there now. Because if you was at your low, you would be living for God with fire, but you're not. So maybe you need to get to your low first. Maybe you need to get cold first before you can actually start living for God. Maybe you need to go out in the world, make a mess of yourself, get to a low point, and then eventually, Josh, God can use you. You won't be lukewarm anymore. Come on, somebody. I need someone, I need someone right now to be true to themselves right now. God is speaking to so many people in this church, telling them that they can't live for God, telling them that they can't read, that they can't pray, that they can't fast, that you ought to just leave the church. And I say the devil is a liar. We gotta stop on that devil tonight. Not tomorrow, not Tuesday, not when somebody else preaches a message. I'm saying tonight. Come on, somebody. I mean, Josh. The prodigal son, he actually came back to the father's house when he wanted to. And you see, they were happy. Don't you want the people at the Rock Church to be happy with you, Josh? My God. I'm telling you, the, the devil's been talking to way many, too many of us, too many pillars in this house the devil's been talking to. I'm talking about people that know better. I'm talking about people that have been here for years. God, the devil's been talking to you, and you ought to not let that be. You need to cast that out. Josh, you need to tell the devil when he says that, you know what? Tomorrow's not promised if I leave today. What if I die tomorrow and go to hell? It's not worth it. I'm not going that way. I'm not going to go down that path. I don't want to believe your lies, devil. I'm listening to my God. He saved me. He washed me. He brought me this far. But, I mean, Josh, you've only prayed like 15 minutes every time you go to prayer. <laughs> Come on. God needs more than that. That's lukewarm. You know what you ought to say? 15 minutes is more than I was doing before, devil, so I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to do that 15 minutes. Maybe I'll go 20 minutes next time. I might go back to 10 minutes someday. But you know what? I'm going to pray to my God. Is there anybody else out there? 
Come on, somebody. Somebody lift your hands right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. God, let your perfect will be done. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's lift our voice right now. There's some people right now, you're resisting what's being said tonight. The enemy is not letting you move right now. The enemy is not letting you worship right now. You need to rebuke that mess in the name of Jesus right now. My God. My God. Oh, you're going to continue to be the same person. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm going to choose today. I'm going to choose today to serve the Lord. It's my will. I'm going to serve the Lord. I don't have 2,000 devils inside of me, but that man with the devils, he went to the foot of Jesus. Then I could go to the foot of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I need someone right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You see, the devil, he doesn't want you to be living for God with all of your might, with all of your heart. He wants you to believe that, you know what, you got to come to this truth. And as soon as you get here, you have to be doing, teaching 25 Bible studies, preaching 15 sermons, fasting 48 days out of the, out of the week. <laughs> but we just need to live for God. We just need to stand for God. We need to entangle ourselves with the Lord. If you're not doing anything out there, you need to get into a ministry right now. If, if you've been through everything, if you haven't been searched for truth, go through search for truth. If you haven't been through abundant life, get in abundant life. If you haven't been through holiness class, go listen to holiness class and pray and let God change your life. If you've been through all those things and yet the enemy is still talking to you, you need to entangle yourself in the Lord. You need to come and, and, and wash these floors. You need to mop. You need to sweep. You need to do something for the, for the kingdom of God. I'm telling you somebody, if you, you want the enemy to keep talking to you, no you don't. You don't want him talking to you. You hate it. You hate staying up at night, worrying. You hate feeling the way that you feel. So why don't you jab the devil right in the face. Why don't you just punch him right in his teeth and come to the house of God and worship. Why don't you do, why don't you pick up some Bible studies. Why don't we get more people driving buses. Why don't we have people that want to help out the youth. It's not about you. You were saved for a reason. You were saved for a purpose. God is waiting for you to do something. So you ought to do it. You need to come this way. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He also says to pick up your cross and follow me. That means sometimes, church, you're not going to want to pray. That means sometimes you're not, not going to want to read. You're not going to want to fast. But you got to pick up that cross and walk. Jesus Christ, he didn't even want to die. He had to pick up his cross and walk. He had to die to himself, church. Don't go that way listening to the enemy, thinking that you can backslide and come back and have a testimony. Young person, I'm talking to you. Stop thinking that way. But, you know, I don't have a testimony like Pastor Spirlaza and, and Pastor Hammond. I don't have a testimony. You do have a testimony. God has kept you in this truth. Come on, you are special in God's eyes. Oh, my God. Don't go that way. Don't think you need to go out there. Don't think you need to go taste the world. Don't think you need to do these things so that maybe you can live for God. That is such a lie. Because once you get into that mess, you know how difficult it is to get out of it? How long did it take the prodigal son before he finally realized? I mean, he was literally going to be eating, you know, um, um, pig's food. How do you get to that point? How do you get to... When he lost all his money, he should have instantly realized, I need to go to my father's house. But he didn't do that. He kept going down to these areas, kept going down to these, these, these places and, and, and letting the enemy just have his way with him. You see, this is how the enemy works. He tells you to leave from God. He messes you up 
He, he, whatever he does to mess you up, right, maybe you're broke, maybe you lost your job, maybe your car broke down, and then he whispers in your ear and says, you see, God doesn't, God doesn't have anything for you. But you're the one that opened up the avenue to let the enemy move in your life. That's why it's imperative for us to be in the house of God, to worship God, to come here and pay our tithes. We need to get this from, you know what, I'm just doing it because the preacher told me to, to an understanding of, you know what, I'm doing this because I love my God. I'm doing this because he saved me. I'm doing this because I have a relationship with him. I'm doing this because I want to make my God happy. I'm not doing this because I I want to be blessed. I'm not doing this because, you know what, I want to be a millionaire. I'm doing this because I, I can't believe that God chose me to go to heaven. <laughs> Musicians, you can come. I'm almost finished. My God. God has you here for a reason. If you're dealing with these thoughts, I'm telling you, you ought to understand something. The enemy's not going to come against you if you're nobody. I'm telling you, he's not going to come against you if you're a nobody. He's going to mess with your mind, telling you you're nothing. Pastor and first lady don't even see you. Don't worry about being seen. Don't worry about exalting yourself. Humble yourself. Talk to God. Get consecrated. Love this truth. Go on outreach. Clean some toilets. Do something for the kingdom. And trust in God. And he will elevate you in due time, church. Come on, somebody. Oh, we need to lift our hands right now. God. Oh, God. Lord, speak to the backslider tonight, God. My God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I'm not, I'm not telling you something that maybe I, I went through myself thinking sometimes. Thinking like the enemy can, that I can listen to these words. I can't listen to those words. I can't listen to those lies. I can't listen to that false doctrine. I need to listen to my God because he loves me. He saved me. He washed me. Come on, somebody. Jesus Christ would not die on a cross to condemn you. He gave you the gift of the Holy Ghost. Not to condemn you, but to give you power, to give you love, to give you a sound mind. You might be saying to yourself, you know what? I do love God. I do want to live for God, but I think there's just something wrong with me. I don't like to read. I I don't know what it is. Every time I pick up my Bible, I get tired. Every, every time I try to pray, I don't know what to say. There must be something wrong with me. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing wrong with you. You just need to be a disciple. You need to discipline yourself. You need to tell yourself, you know what, I'm going to do five minutes today. You know what, I'm going to have a short-term goal. I'm going to have a mid-term goal. And I'm going to have a long-term goal. My short-term goal might be, you know what, I'm going to be consistent in prayer for a month. I said, um, that might be my short-term goal. I'm going to be consistent in prayer and reading for a month. My midterm goal is like, you know what, I'm going to pray every day for an hour or read about six or seven chapters by, by, by next year, this time. I don't know what it is. And your long-term goal got to be this. I will eat of the fruit of tree of, of life. I will make it to heaven. I will be there. I will have God tell me, well done. Come on, someone lift our hands right now. You see, God, he won't do for you what you could do for yourself. He told us that we need to cast down every imagination. We need to cast down these things that the enemy is doing. So church, when the enemy comes against you, when the stinking thinking comes in your mind, you need to take it away. You need to speak to yourself. You need to sing to yourself. You need to pray. You need to play praise music. You ought to do something so that the enemy doesn't have his way in your mind. God came to give us life and that we might have it more abundantly. Jesus Christ, he died on the cross so that you could be set free. By one man, death came into the world. 
by another man, the gift of eternal life came into this world also. We need to know who Jesus is. If you know him, you know that he loves you. If you know him, you know he has compassion for you. If you know him, you would know that he came down and he died on that cross just for you. We can't let the enemy talk to us anymore, church. There's a revival going on and we can't be distracted with our own things going on in our minds. We need to pick up our cross and walk with him. Somebody needs to make a decision tonight. I said tonight that I will serve the Lord with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. And when there's days that you fall, you ought to encourage yourself in the Lord. You ought to come and talk, have accountability people. Talk to the men of God, the women of God in this church. Don't go away from the church and tell all your problems to the people in the world. Talk to your brothers and sisters. Let them lift you up. Oh, come on somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are a great God. You are a worthy God, Jesus. Jesus. Lord, I want to follow your ways, God. Lord, I want to do everything you've called me to do, Lord. Lord, without you, I can't do anything. But with you, God, I can do all things. God, you said that you will continue to hold me, that you will keep me, God. That I won't beg for bread. Jesus, I stand on your word tonight and forever, God. Jesus, I trust in what the man of God has to say. Because, Lord, you gave me pastors after my own heart. Come on, somebody. Come on, let's lift our hands all over this house. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to hear me tonight. We're going to pray. We're going to pray, but I felt like God spoke something to me as Pastor Hammond was preaching tonight. We are living in a very unique time. In the lifetime of <clears throat> at least those who are alive now, this generation and maybe even the generation preceding us, we have never lived in a time where there has been more awareness of the potential of things like health risks. Amen, somebody. And... <clears throat> With this onset of a pandemic, there has been a heightened awareness concerning our immune system. What is our immune system? It's the process by which our body resists the onset or the attack of things like diseases, sicknesses, viruses. And nobody wants to be sick. Anybody here enjoy being sick? I don't know about you. I've, I've, I've dealt with some sickness before that I thought, my Lord, I, 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 I'm, this might be a better option just to go to heaven right now. Nobody wants to be sick. And so we do everything we can to strengthen our immune system drinking vitamin C and taking zinc and multivitamins and, and eating fruit and, and I don't know, all the lists of things that we're doing trying to make sure that our, our immune system, plenty of vitamin P. <laughs> and we're making sure our immune system, we're so concerned with the body not contracting a sickness that we'll even take extra precautions and we'll wear masks to keep things from entering the orifices of our body that would potentially cause us to be sick. And yet we oftentimes neglect the spiritual man. And we, while we wear masks and wash our hands incessantly, 
and do all of the things that we try to do to protect this earthly vessel, we leave our spiritual man completely vulnerable to attacks. I'm reminded as he was preaching tonight about the book of James chapter 4 verse number 7. James chapter 4 verse number 7 says to resist the devil and he will flee from you. The man of God was preaching about the the different attacks of the enemy that will come to you and he'll try to speak to you and he'll try to deceive you and he'll use your own heart and he'll use the word of God. He'll use different things to try and, and penetrate your faith and your commitments to God. The Bible says to resist. Does that sound familiar? That sounds like an immune system. To resist. The immune system resists sickness. God said resist the devil. Push back against him. Don't listen to him. Don't believe what he says. Don't, don't fall into the traps. Don't fall for his tricks. Don't, don't be deceived. But here's the problem, is that there are many people in the church who have low spiritual immune systems right now. There is a particular disease, we don't hear much about it anymore, because we have developed therapeutics that have helped people to deal with it. But in the 90s and the 80s, there was one of the most feared sicknesses in the world, a sickness called AIDS. And AIDS stands for Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. And if you contracted the disease of AIDS, you didn't die because of the disease itself. You died because your immune system became so weak that it could not resist any kind of a sickness. And everything that came against your body, your body could not fight it off. And I'm telling you, this onset of the coronavirus and this pandemic in the world has not changed people. It has only revealed a weakness in spiritual immunity that has been there all along. You see, here's what, here's what James 4, 7 says. It doesn't just say to resist the devil and flee. He will flee. There is a prerequisite to the resistance. He said, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Do you want to know what the key to spiritual your spiritual immune system is? Submission. It's submission. And when you are not submitted to God, to the Spirit of God, to the Word of God, to the authority that's in your life, you are walking around with spiritual aids. You cannot resist the onslaught of the enemy when there is no submission in your life. And so you, like your body is open to sickness, you open up your spiritual being to attacks of the enemy and voices of deception. And as, as much as you'd like to resist and as much as you'd like to fight them off, because of the lack of submission in our life, we become open to the deception. And every little thing that comes causes us to get distracted, causes us to get discouraged. Every time we we turn around, we're bitter with somebody. We're angry with somebody. We're mad at something that happened. Uh, we're upset about something. What's going on when somebody uh, is, cannot resist uh, the wiles of the devil? Uh, it is a sign uh, that our spiritual immune system is down. And there's only one answer. You've got to get yourself submitted to God. 
Come on, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm touching what, what the man of God preached tonight. Uh, if you're going to fight against the enemy, uh, if you're going to resist uh, the deception of the day and age uh, that we're living in, uh, you had better get yourself to an altar uh, and drag your flesh uh, into a place uh, where you submit yourself uh, to God. You read and study, do a case study on King Saul who would not submit himself to authority in his life. He had every excuse, every reason why I'm going to do things the way I want to do them. I'm not going to submit. I'm not going to listen. I'm going to justify. And pretty soon you find a man who was head and shoulders above the rest You'll find him in a witch's house thinking that the voice of a familiar spirit is the voice of the man of God. Why? Because there's no more immunity in his life. There's no submission in his life. Uh, and so the deception and the lies of the enemy have penetrated his thoughts. I don't know about you, but we are, he said it at the beginning of his preaching. We are living too close uh, to the second coming of the Lord. Uh, Brother Pope, he is coming back. Uh, and I cannot afford uh, to be deceived because I wasn't submitted to God, because my heart wasn't right before God, because I, come on, I've got to be saved. I've got, come on, it does you no good to social distance yourself and wear a mask over your mouth and take vitamins if you're going to leave your spiritual man vulnerable to the attack of the devil. The devil is a liar. Devil, you might get my body, but if if you take this body, uh, my spirit uh, and my heart uh, is going to be right uh, and I'm going to make it uh, to heaven. I'm not downplaying precaution. Don't misunderstand me. I encourage everybody to take whatever precaution you need to to stay safe. But Jesus said, don't fear him who is able to destroy the body. Fear him that's able to destroy uh, the soul. Uh, you protecting your health uh, and your body means nothing uh, if your spirit is left vulnerable uh, to the attack of the enemy. Uh, and you, oh, come on, somebody. Uh, Come on, it's time for some of us uh, to not worry so much uh, about the vitamins uh, and all of the other stuff. Uh, we better start paying attention uh, to our prayer life. Uh, we better start paying attention uh, to submitting ourselves. Uh, we better start paying attention uh, to being obedient to the word of the Lord. Uh, we had to, Come on, all over this building, uh, I wish somebody would just stand to your feet uh, and lift your hands tonight. Uh, all over this house, come on. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not just going to protect my body uh, and leave the spirit unsheltered. Uh, I'm going to protect my spirit, man. Uh, I'm going to get my heart right. Uh, I'm going to keep my spirit right uh, so that I can resist uh, the lies of the enemy uh, and I can resist uh, the onslaught of hell uh, and I can discern uh, the deception uh, of Satan. Come on. Uh, just a few moments in this house. Uh, I wonder if we could lift our hands tonight uh, and just begin to pray, Lord, Lord, help me right now. I submit myself to you. God, I surrender myself to you. I don't want to leave myself open for attack. I don't want to leave myself open, oh God. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on, somebody right now. Your strongest position uh, is to submit to God. Uh, submit to the Holy Ghost. Uh, submit to godly authority in your life. Uh, submit to the Word of God. Uh, come on, in the name of Jesus. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh,